Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Rob, do you want to start it off then? Yes, sure. Is this going to be really bad for me? Am I going to get in trouble? It's possible. Yeah, you're going to be locked up. And they're going to throw away the key. What do you mean? You didn't get in trouble at the time. Why would you get into trouble? Um, well, <laughs> for obvious reasons, if he's, if he's really annoyed. I think it's water under the bridge now, isn't it? Enough time has passed. Hi, my name is Rob Comber. And during the lockdowns of 2020 and 2021, with my childhood friends, Tom and Sophie, we revisited some of the stories and trends that helped shape the lives of people growing up in the noughties. And few things seem more naughties to me than prank calls. From the professionals on TV and radio, to you and your friends going through a phone book ringing anyone who'd pick up. They seemed like they were absolutely everywhere. Hello. 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 Ten foot pad, Limpo. Yep. Talk to me. What would you like to know? Everything. So we phone up a Chinese takeaway and you make an order, right? And then what we do... It's put them on hold, and you call up another Chinese takeaway. Then we get the first one to repeat the order to the second one, but the second one thinks they're making a new order, and it all gets really confusing. Um, is that the taxi company? Yeah. I'm telling you, this is Shaggy. I need the car, because I've got to go on a journey. And I guess they have a particular importance to me because, well, I was involved in a prank call that went viral back in the autumn of 2005, well before going viral was even a twinkle in the internet's eye. Who the fuck are you? Hi, uh, I'm John. I'm just ringing to apologise. John, where the, who the fuck's got my number? And I'll let you off, mate, because it's the first time your number's come up. Yeah, I, um, I really have a clue. Some kid who goes to Millfield School. Right, and who the fuck have you got my number off? Huh? This kid? Yeah. Yeah. This... Where's, the connect- where's the connection back to me? I literally have no clue whatsoever. Yo, you better find out, John, because I'm going to fucking give your number to the police if you've not found out for me in the next hour. In the next hour? 
I'll ring you in the next hour, John. Yeah. Right, and you're going to tell me who started passing my number around your school. Okay, yeah. I'll try. I'll ring you, but I'll ring you. No, you won't try. You'll do it. I'll show them to go to the police with the other fucking six. Yes, back then, along with some friends in the city of Bath, we got hold of the phone number of the footballer, Gary Neville. The clip you've just heard came from a call that was made after a long few days of us ringing him endlessly. Just for context, can you just explain, I mean, what was Gary Neville doing at this point? So this would have been October 2005. So Gary Neville was firmly established as Manchester United's first choice right back. Is he, is he Manchester United captain? He's Manchester point? United captain at this point, following the departure of Roy Keane. Yeah, he's, he's playing for England, England player? Yeah, firmly established as England's first choice. Right back for a number of years. So, in terms of right-sided defenders, he's as, he's as big as it gets at this point. <laughs> it all started, well, for our group at least, when I bumped into a friend in town one Saturday afternoon. He told me he'd recently got the number, and from that moment on, a few of us called him incessantly until he reached breaking point and handed our numbers over to the police. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, he, he sounds very angry on that, the, the recording that we have that went viral. But I suppose I don't, I don't really know what you were saying in the previous phone calls to make him so angry at that point, because obviously he was, he was at the end of his tether. What, what was the, actually the content of your calls, broadly speaking? Well... You know what it's like when you're when you're sort of 14, 15, making prank calls. I think from memory, we just sort of, we just, every time we rang him up and we couldn't really believe it was him and he was answering. And I don't think we ever really said anything beyond like, is this Gary Neville? And then he'd say, yes. <laughs> and then he'd get progressively more angry and just shout. And then we wouldn't really say anything. That was, that was it. we just laugh. That's hardly a prank call, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It wasn't very imaginative. It wasn't very clever. It was obviously really, really annoying. Um, and yeah. I think, but you must have been astounded that he was picking up every time. I couldn't believe that. I mean, I remember because you know when you're getting prank called, surely you think it, when the phone rings next time, it's like when someone calls you with the wrong number and then your phone rings again instantly. You're like, oh, for God's sake, not again. Surely he wasn't every time picking up the phone thinking, who's this? Who's this going to be? <laughs> Now, we were, of course, scared about feeling the force of the long arm of the law after Gary Neville handed our numbers to the police. But we were also acutely aware that we hadn't actually recorded any of our conversations yet for posterity or indeed for future podcasts. And that's where my friend John came in. We were next door neighbours back then and close friends since the age of three. He was also a big Man United fan. So as soon as I got the number, I saw him and told him immediately. He had the holy grail of any 2005 prankster, a phone that could record calls. So, after one morning science class, we gathered around in a stairway and conducted one last heist. Firstly, John, tell, tell me what you remember about like how you came across the phone number, how you got it in the first place. Well, I, you gave me the number. I remember that. Um, and I remember... I thought, I had like a Nokia 7210 at the time and I think I could just record phone calls and I knew everybody was phoning him and just, you know, as you do, giggling down the phone, sort of swearing at him and getting hung up on. So I came up with the idea of ringing and trying to apologise to him on everybody else's behalf, um, which started well. I remember we were, where were we? We were like, I think it was down by the, the biology lab up in a corridor, I believe. There were loads of us huddled in there. And yeah, it just went from there, really. And, and 
yeah, he was speaking to me and I was just off the top of my head making stuff up that, um, that at the time, yeah, I thought was factual, but, but wasn't. Originally. I really where, don't... Where, where about is the school? Pardon? Where about is your school? My school? Yeah. Bristol. So even though about 90% of what was said on this call was completely made up, including the location of our school, we did have something recorded at last. And we couldn't really have been prepared for what would happen next. The recording got passed around our school until it found its way into the hands of a younger student who sold it to the Sun newspaper. The call then became a huge story, and the recording was even played on the TV show Soccer AM, another Naughty's favourite. And quite amazingly, the call's popularity hasn't really gone away in the years since either. It frequently gets shared on social media. The various versions of it that you can find on YouTube have amassed well over a million views, and several journalists have written articles about it. One of those journalists is Mike Henson. He wrote an article titled Revisiting the Gary Neville Conversation for a website called The Set Pieces. They kind of hung around in my consciousness as like an interesting insight into the unvarnished uh, personality of footballers. And yeah, there's lots of interesting things going on in the call, which I kind of remember listening to at the time and enjoying. And then several years later, I was pitching for some freelance work and something triggered my memory of it and I thought it was worth revisiting. Was it a big thing amongst your friend group and was it something that you came across on social media and people were talking about? I think it might have been even pre-social media kind of things getting emailed to you. I was trying to think of what it reminded me of and there were various things sort of bubbling around at the time like there was a a Strokes Christina Aguilera mashup where they put, um, yeah, Genie in a Bottle together with um, Hard to Explain, I think. There was a song about sort of hipsters in London called Being a Dickhead's Cool, yeah, which, was, um, which was another one that was kind of sent around. And I think it was probably it was probably arrived to me some, something like that. Yeah, and I, th- I think the article went down well. Oliver Kay, who was the uh, at the time was writing for the Times, a serious football journalist, tweeted me saying like, "Oh yeah, I really enjoyed this. I remember it at the time." And I remember someone someone at work just out of the blue, who I didn't really know, emailing me saying like, "Oh, I read it and enjoyed it, and it brought back memories and stuff." It seemed to strike a chord. So. At the time, this is what our headmaster told the local paper, the Bath Chronicle. I regret he was badgered in this way. The pupils were excited they had his number and did not see the consequences of what they were doing. It did happen. It happened a long time ago. It happened in 2005. But it does still seem to come up. I mean, he still gets asked about it. And every time he's asked about it, he still says that he he doesn't know who the perpetrator was. Are you, are you anxious now that you've you've outed yourself? Yes, I'm extremely anxious, actually. Are you scared of the wrath of Gary? It's true. I am a bit scared of the wrath of Gary. But I made it my lockdown mission to give him the answer he's been looking for for all these years and find out how the number came to be passed around our school. Where's the connection back to me? At the time, no one ever really knew why we had it. We sort of just did. I'll ring you in the next hour, John. Yeah? 
right, and you're going to tell me who started passing my number around your school. Okay, yeah. Apparently, I've been, I'm being told now, yeah, that Tony Adams' son. Tony Adams' son? Who's Tony Adams? You know, you stay for Arsenal. Shut up, you fucking dick. As John says, he made a series of sweeping claims to Gary Neville about where we'd got the number from. Claims that seem as unlikely to be true now as they did back then. Ask any good investigator and they'll tell you to start at the end and work your way backwards, taking it step by step. At least I think that's what they would say. It also conveniently fits the approach I've taken here. Anyway, I needed to go back to the person who gave me the number next. His name is Tom. And sorry here for the sheer number of one-syllable names involved in this story. As I said before, Tom gave me the number one Saturday afternoon in Bath. So I've spoken to Tom, who gave me Gary Neville's number in the first place. Tom Soggy Shah. Tom Soggy Shah, yes. Why is it called Soggy? I don't know. No one knows. It's been lost to time. He used to like cheese a lot. That's got nothing to do with Soggy. Um, do you have an example of him liking cheese? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. One, I remember when we were in year seven and there was the year seven talent show, him going on stage and just eating a, a block of cheddar. How big is a block? Your average size cathedral city. Does he still love cheese? Yes, I think so. We Did didn't you really ask him? think about that. Um, he was just cooking something, probably cheese related, um, <laughs> in his flat. And he said he'd recently bought a hat because he needed a smart hat for work because he'd recently shaved his head. A smart hat for work? What does he do now? I don't think I actually asked him what he was. I was so focused on speaking to him about Gary Neville that... I can't think of many professions that require hats except for like builder, beekeeper. Fast food takeaways. Jockey. He wouldn't have been a jockey. He wouldn't have been a jockey too tall for a jockey. Oh, yeah. Is he in the army? No, I mean, he was... He, he definitely... What did you ask him then? For a second, I couldn't remember who I got the number from, but I did remember seeing you in town that day and telling you about it. So do you remember who you got it from? I used to, I'm not going to brag or anything, but I used to be in top set for maths very briefly. And I sat next to Ben Metcalf. And Ben Metcalf one day showed me his phone. I think he had it saved as like GNEV. And I sort of like... I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. And he's like, no, no, it really is. It's Gary Neville's phone number. And I didn't believe him. So Tom got the number from someone at our school called Ben Metcalf. Now, Ben's name actually gets mentioned by John in the recorded call when he explains why he thinks the son of the guy who used to play for Arsenal is involved in this whole chain. Tony Adams' son. Who's Tony Adams? You know, you used to play for Arsenal. Shut up, you fucking dick. I'm, I'm, I'm being genuinely serious. Shut up, you fucking dick. Why? I'm being serious. Because he won't have my fucking number. Who the fuck no, 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 has I'm not my number? His son goes to Millfield School, and he knows a kid called Henry who also goes to Millfield School, and he's given him your number. Right, and who's, gonna, who's given it him? And he's given it to Ben Metcalf, who goes to our school. So, like, that, that was funny, because, like, John Davies, like, is, like, how it was, like, recalled on that phone call was pretty accurate. I had got it from Henry Thomas. This is Ben Metcalf. We'd gone on, like, a family holiday down to Cornwall. I feel like Henry had said that he had the number. I, I probably didn't believe him. It was probably just like goading him into giving it to us. 
Henry was a couple of years below us at our school, King Edwards. He's now a professional rugby player. Thomas is there again. Thomas, who made the initial break, can he get the try? Oh, thoroughly deserved. But it started, so we were on an away trip uh, for cricket. And one of the guys in my year, his uncle did some PR work for a lot of the, the football clubs. And so he, I think he, he, he boasted that he'd taken his uncle's phone and he got all these failing people's numbers. So we, we kind of, you know, I was kind of 12, 13 year olds do, we, we kind of got hold of it. And we spent the whole bus, bus journey there and back, prank calling Gary Neville, pretending to be Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, basically just, just, just taking the piss, really. Are you um, at all embarrassed that, like, the boys a few years younger than you were calling up and doing Sir Alex Ferguson impressions and you were just calling up and saying, is this really Gary Neville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were next level. Their pranks are a bit better. Yeah, I think... I think that is the most shameful part of it is that the prank calls were just so bad. They were so bad. <laughs> just fact checking. Although the quality of Henry's prank calls put ours to shame, I had to admit he did have some useful information. And after doing some more digging, I was able to confirm that he was right. The person who got the number originally did get it from their uncle who had been working with Gary Neville. I then attempted to contact this person, but unfortunately he didn't want to appear on the podcast for the fear that it may open some old wounds that this saga had inflicted. This was of course disappointing, but it did give me the answer I needed, and at least I could consider this investigation closed. Well, nearly closed, because there was still one outstanding matter. Who the hell is Tony Adams' son? Here's Henry again. Yes, so uh, I moved to Millfield and Tony Adams' son was in my year and I think just used it as a scapegoat. It added a story brilliantly that he didn't know who Tony Adams was. Tony Adams' son, who's Tony Adams? Okay, so now I had the answers, I prepared my investigation dossier for Gary Neville and sent it over to his agent. I explained who I was, how we had come to get his number back in the autumn of 2005, and I even told him how Tony Adams' son was implicated in this whole sorry saga. Sadly, Gary never got back to me. Feeling quite despondent, and with Sophie's words ringing in my ears, Are you um, at all embarrassed that their prank's a bit better? I wondered whether he might talk to me if I improved my prank call game. That's why I turned to the master of the Naughties prank. Who do you think the master of the Naughties prank is? <laughs> There's only one person that could be. Who's that? Don't say Ali G. It's not by any chance Dom Jolly, is it? It's Dom Jolly! <laughs> <laughs> were, there, were there any other prank? Well... I can't tell you who else there was. What was that little devil one on, on, channel, on channel 4? <laughs> little devil? What, Balls of Steel? Do, what was that show? Balls of Steel, yeah. Yes, I was of course talking about Dom Jolly, the creator of the TV show Trigger Happy TV, and not Balls of Steel, which was a sort of prank-based game show which ran from 2005 to 2008 on Channel 4. The host of that show, Mark Dolan, is now doing a whole different kind of prank programming over on GB News. But that's probably a topic for a separate podcast episode. On ourselves, and for how much longer can we pursue, in my view, the wildly failed policies of masking, lockdowns and endless testing? 
No, Dom's show, Trigger Happy TV, was a hidden camera prank show that began back in the year 2000 and was absolutely huge. Although I should say that Dom doesn't like the label prank. It's, it's totally fair enough. And everyone uses the word prank, you know, and I'm supposed to be the godfather of prank now or prankster number one. But And I, I get that, you know, but the problem is that I think there's a real distinction between properly crafted, you know, I mean, a lot of Trigger Happy was pranks, really simple jokes, but it's about doing it. I think to me, pranks is sort of apple pie beds and it's kind of more jackassy. And it's, it kind of, to me, talks about stupidity, I suppose. And, and to me, the hidden camera done properly is an art form. And I think Trigger Happy was art. Um, I was more interested really in the music and the mood than the actual humour, although the humour was part of it. And a lot of the humour in Trigger Happy was me having massive nervous breakdowns. And it was quite sort of, you know, running away. And it was kind of, you know, it was quite dark bits of Trigger Happy. Whether prank is quite the right term or not, Trigger Happy was massive in the early noughties. You couldn't hear the famous Nokia ringtone without someone referencing one of the show's signature characters. Hello! What? No, I'm in an internet cafe! Internet! No, I'm trying to download the what what? No! So who better than Dom then? to give me feedback on the Gary Neville call. So have you got a copy of it? I'll send you this now on the chat. Okay. Can you, can you see that? Uh, hang on. on if you just open up the tab. Yeah, 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 I got it. All right, all right, here we go. And click on that. So it's just a minute or so. Shut up, you fucking dick. Excellent. All right, shall I play it? Who the fuck are you? Hi, uh, I'm John. I'm just ringing to apologise. Well, I would say... I would say John is a super grass. John just folded like something that folds very quickly. Um, I mean, literally, like two minutes with Neville, and he was naming everyone he could. This is not a friend I'd want to keep, I'll be honest. But that was funny. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that wasn't funny. That was, I mean, that wasn't an amusing... Uh, he'd obviously been hassling so much he'd lost it a bit, and uh, it was just interesting to hear him screaming and swearing at kids. I mean, but then I would do the same thing if someone kept doing it to me. So that's fair enough. I, I think the main thing, main takeaway from there is I'd be very wary of John even now. I wouldn't trust him with stuff like if you're having an affair or something. I wouldn't go to John about it. What would have been funnier? Well, I don't know because I mean you've caught me on a wrong subject here because I hate football. And, you know, I, I vaguely know who Gary Neville is. And I think he was a friend, maybe even best man to David Beckham, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Um, so I would have done, I would have probably, even though it never worked, I would have done all right, it's David, David Beckham, you know, but then you go, well, he wouldn't call himself David Beckham, calling Gary Neville. <laughs> so I would have probably tried to do, do David Beckham pissed, but then he'd have known it wasn't his number. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, one of the things I used to do is I targeted people, the people, the celebs that I did in Trigger Happy were actually people I really liked and therefore I just wanted an excuse to meet them and hang out, really. So I kind of knew stuff about them already. Were phone calls something that you were interested in when like, when you were younger than, you know, when you were a kid growing up? Because yeah. I suppose they're the easiest thing to turn to if you're into this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really weird, actually, because obviously a lot of people that worked with me on Trigger Happy went on to Phone Jacker and... Uh, Phone Jacker came in when it was easier to show phone calls. But when I started, it was really difficult. And, you know, but I was always into phone calls. I mean, um, there's a, there's a, if you've never heard them, they're called the Jerky Boys. And they used to be 
two people that worked in the press office at MTV in New York in sort of late 80s. And they just used to do these most amazing phone calls, like the best ever. And actually, they became really culty. A lot of bands used to follow them and listen to them while they're on tour. In fact, Radiohead, for instance, Radiohead's first album, Pablo Honey, is named after a Jerky Boys uh, prank. So I was really into the Jerky Boys, and they were massive for me. And then there were sort of weird little English ones. Victor Lewis-Smith, who was a TV reviewer for the Evening Standard, he did a series of ones which I really loved. So I was always into funny phone calls, and I used to do them, but just for fun, really. I mean, I used to often ring people in Australia, uh, I mean, because I'm a big cricket head, and so whenever we'd beat Australia, which is very rare, I'd ring Australian numbers, random Australian numbers at three in the morning <laughs> and just laugh. Our phone calls to Gary Neville seemed like they were symptomatic of this huge obsession with pranks back in the noughties. So I asked Dom why he thought they were so popular back then. Yeah, there was definitely a moment. I mean, for me, it started, I think, so Dennis Pennis. So we're not talking about noughties here, but I'm just going to go pre-noughties just to bring yeah. up the speed. Dennis Pennis was a guy, Paul Kay, who was on the Sunday show, and he used to dress up with this punky guy and interview celebs going in and take the piss out of them. And that I met Dennis Pennis, and he was the guy that made me think I could do this. And then Friday Night Armstice, which was Armando Iannucci, also did stuff. But what I loved, it was political stuff, but totally pointless. So he'd turn up to the Oxford Union, and OJ Simpson would be talking there, and he'd say, please, OJ, sign my autograph. And OJ would sign an autograph. And then he'd open up the paper and it would say, I did it, OJ. You know, so it was like really <laughs> stupid stuff. And then also you had the day-to-day and Chris Morris. You had, you know, uh, that going on. You had uh, Brass Eye, which was very political stuff. And I started off doing political stuff. But Channel 4 asked me to just do general. And that's it saved my day because that's how Trigger Happy happened. So there was a moment where there was Ali G... I did a little bit on the 11 o'clock show, which I didn't rate, but there were things on the 11 o'clock show that were really good. And there was Trigger Happy, obviously, which was wonderful. And then you had Spike Jones came over and saw Trigger Happy, went back to America and did the more surreal elements of Jackass from, from Trigger Happy. But he joined it with skaters and with stuff that Johnny Knoxville was doing. So there was a period there, sort of the first three, four years of the noughties, where there was so much going on and it was exciting and a lot a lot of that had to do with cameras because until then you had to hire a proper crew it was expensive it was grown up and literally just sort of 1999 2000 it was like punk you could suddenly buy a camera for a grand which was a lot of money but still you could then film everything yourself you didn't have to rely on other people and it just allowed you to go out and do stuff and that I think really accounted for the big boom at that stage and as we were wrapping up our conversation, Dom had a few final words of advice. Well, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy, but if you'd have done it to me, I would have hunted you down and shot you and killed you and, and threatened all sorts of things. So, you know, I just would. It's really annoying. Someone gets your phone, call, your phone number, it's fucking annoying. Because it's not even funny. It's just sort of dull after a bit. You know, it's like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think what would be really funny would be to get Gary Neville on and kind of and, and heal the wound at the end of all this. I reckon he'd, he'd be all right with it now. I, I yeah, hear I so. quite a nice guy, actually. Um, so, but obviously, after the, your fifty-fourth call to him of sort of bumbling posh people, just sort of telling him about Millfield, and he's like, "What the fuck is Millfield?" Uh, I think he probably lost it after a bit. That was very yeah, much. I'm... It was very much a north-south prank call. Wasn't it? <laughs> That's the thing. Is it? I don't think we came off. I don't no, think we came off particularly well from I mean, that at all. I had a problem with that. You know, I mean, you did come across as slightly bumbling poshos. 
And uh, I had an issue with that. I mean, I wasn't going to suddenly start mocking up for, I wasn't going to do a Damon Albarn and, you know, go all Essex for it. But yeah, it was, if people wanted to pop at me and trigger happy, it's look at this posh twat annoying people. But I just went with it. I mean, what can you do? And you know what? Dom is right. I shouldn't close the door to reconciling with Gary Neville. Not after coming this far. So this episode is hopefully just the first of two halves. Gary, if you're listening to this, please do get in touch. You have my number. The Naughties Podcast is a Four Kicks production with original music from Coach Conrad. Many thanks to Dom Jolly, John Davis, Tom Shah, Ben Metcalf and Henry Thomas. And thank you to everyone who's listened to these first four episodes of the Naughties Podcast. We're working on some more, which we hope to publish in the not-too-distant future. In the meantime, if you'd like to stay in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at NaughtiesPod or email us at info at fourkicksproductions.com. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.